Hello and welcome to the Help Me Understand podcast. Help Me Understand is a weekly podcast that explores the context behind the things that we experience from day to day. With topics ranging from personal development to parenting to health and fitness and more, join me, your host, J.K. McLeod, as I share my thoughts and also host conversations that are meant to encourage you to say, help me understand, in an effort to add perspective to the things we experience in everyday life. All right, what is up, folks? Welcome back to another episode of the Help Me Understand podcast. This is going to be another Friday for episode. We didn't get out an episode last week, not for any specific reason, just uh, we'll just call it lack of planning and, and follow through. And uh, welcome to welcome to real life here. I'm basically talking to myself on that one. So let's go ahead and jump into today's episode. I've got a rough idea of uh, a couple of things that I want to talk about. And then the other two straight up are just going to come straight off the dome. Uh, I have a couple of ideas, maybe of uh, two other things that I want to talk about, but let's just go ahead and jump on into it. So first, what I wanted to do uh, for those who might be remotely interested in how things are going as far as my fat loss phase, I wanted to give an update on that. And on the last episode of Lifting, Running, and Living with myself and my friend Kelly Lutz, better known as Coaching Klutz, I talked about uh, the fact that I was going to use this this particular platform, this podcast, to give an update on how things are going. So for those of you who may not be aware, I went into a dedicated fat loss phase back around the first week in August. So in looking back at, um, at some notes on my phone, it looks like we are about 10 weeks in at this particular point. So 10 weeks in, I initially planned for this fat loss phase to be 12-ish weeks, and ish is give or take, let's say, about four weeks. I didn't didn't anticipate it being any shorter than 12, if anything. I knew I'd be potentially extending it. That was based on a handful of things, most notably knowing that I had a couple of trips that were going to be coming up in that particular time frame. Um, also had picked up, um, I think I referenced this on a previous podcast, had picked up uh, coaching three classes uh, per week in person, which was going to change my schedule a bit. Um, also just some changes with work responsibilities and then, uh, getting adjusted to whatever the schedule is going to look like, uh, for my wife and my kids and just different things like that. So I went into this anticipating we were going to be, not we, unless you're doing it with me, uh, that I was going to be doing at least a 12 week phase. However, understanding that it may extend a bit longer because uh, there would be particular days that maybe I wasn't quite as focused on being specifically in a deficit or as focused on tracking, taking some more untracked days and things like that. And I can definitely say that 10 weeks in at this point that right now what I'm anticipating is that we are looking at about another four to five weeks here before I go ahead and uh, call it a day on this particular phase. So let me give you an update on how things are going. So uh, first, I guess, as far as the overall numbers go, I typically am fluctuating from a measurement standpoint around two and a half-ish inches, two to two and a half inches um, lost as far as um, around the midsection. So that's one of the things that I do is I use photos, I use measurements like midsection measurement, because that tends to be 
Um, one of the easier ways for me to stay consistent with measuring, I don't measure like my thigh and my shoulders and all that, that sort of stuff. Um, so I will do that. I also will weigh on the scale. So I weigh just about every day that I've got access to the scale. We took a trip recently. I didn't have it. So I weigh just about every day. So I have that particular data point. I do photos and measurements pretty much every week, unless there's some reason that um, I don't have access to the place that I normally will take the photos because I try to stay pretty consistent with the same clothing, same lighting, all that stuff. Um, then I also will track things like uh, my sleep will track for the most part steps. I'll actually um, talk about that just a little bit here and then take those particular things into account. And then I'm always, always front of mind paying attention to my energy levels. Uh, my biofeedback, everything that kind of falls underneath that particular umbrella. While I do know that there are going to be particular days that'll be tougher than other days, um, I'm not really, uh, I'm not really looking at trying to sacrifice just being completely dead to the world in order to really work on hitting this particular goal from a fat loss standpoint. So overall, again, sitting at about two to two and a half inches down as um, on average with the weekly measurements. Then uh, as far as weight goes, right now on average, I'm down about 10 pounds. Uh, so uh, let's say give or take a pound um, in either direction. So the, the scale averages, and, and that can be one of what I think is one of the advantages of weighing daily or weighing at least very regularly is that you're not so beholden to, well, I weigh one time per week and I'm just going to use that as my litmus test for, or my benchmark as far as how this particular phase is going. I don't have any sort of hangups or um, head game issues as far as the scale goes. I'm all about like, just step on it, log the data point and then move on. And then you go back and take a look at the average. So on average down about 10 pounds on the scale. So that is looking like a little less than a pound a week is basically what we'll call it. So uh, I feel like that's a pretty, a pretty solid average to be at right now especially as I, I keep it real with myself and go back over the past 10 weeks and take a look at what my adherence has been, what my consistency has been. So feeling pretty good about that. Now I will tell you from a tactical standpoint, a couple of things that I've tried to uh, really make sure that I'm keeping my eye on. So habits wise, a couple of things that I'm really focused on was sleep. Uh, that is an area that to be very transparent with you has actually um, declined. And what I mean by that is as I was going back to look at the past, uh, the past 10 weeks, basically if you look at it in about three phases, so three phases of about three-ish weeks each, during the first phase of uh, this fat loss cycle, I was averaging just a hair under seven hours during the second phase, so the second like three to, three to four weeks-ish we'll call it, uh, it went down to about six hours and 45 minutes. So it went down by about 10 minutes. And then currently it's sitting at about six ish. So I've actually seen a decline in my sleep, um, in my sleep length. I'm going to apologize ahead of time because I'm recording this at kind of the, what I'd call the end of the, the productivity window for me on Friday. So I might be talking a little bit slow here, but I'll do my best uh, to follow through. So uh, that is something that I have noticed from a sleep standpoint. Now, one of the things that I can directly point to, this isn't like the end all be all of, well, this is why I've got a sleep problem. One of the things that I can point to is um, one, I'm still trying to get an idea of 
like the right time for going to bed um, on Wednesday night in order to be up and at it because I coach three classes on Thursday mornings. I coach at 5 a.m., 6 a.m., and 7 a.m. And I am somebody that likes to get to the gym and get things set up well in advance of any members coming in or anything like that. If there's any sort of issues that we've got um, from, you know, set up the computer, any, any coach who's ever coached in a class before understands like you're not always going to walk in and the music is going to work and different things like that. Fortunately, I've been blessed that all things have worked completely fine so far. Any issues that I've run into from a setup standpoint, quite honestly, are um, what I call a UE, a user error. They're things that I'm doing wrong. Um, however, I do like to get there well in advance, have everything set up and not feeling like I'm rushing in order to get things ready. So I like to take my time and get up. So with having that much earlier wake up time on Thursday mornings than I did when I first started uh, this fat loss phase, because I started coaching back in person the first week in September, and this fat loss phase started around the first or second week in August. So um, that particular change definitely has taken a bit of a chunk of, um, of what my sleep average looks like away. And then there's been a couple of trips, uh, that I've had also most recently, uh, took my daughter on a college visit down to Alabama. So we drove down, uh, what we're recording this on Friday. We drove halfway on Saturday night, drove from here in Illinois to the Nashville, Tennessee area, crashed there for the night, then finished the rest of the drive on Sunday morning slash early afternoon. Um, then spent some time with my parents down there, then drove to the campus, which is about an hour away from my parents' house, spent all day on the campus, and then drove back to my parents' house, spent the night, and then drove. It's about a 10, about a 10-ish hour drive from where my parents live back to our house here in Illinois. So even that, things like that will slightly skew what those sleep averages are. Um, and something that I, I had noticed is when I sleep, when I'm working on sleep and travel, typically the um, it's not the quantity. Well, the story I'm telling myself is that it's not the quantity of the sleep that's most directly affecting me. It tends to be more of the sleep quality, like the sleep disturbance. So not being in my own bed, not necessarily having all of the pieces of my regular sleep routine. I'm not sure if I've, I've talked a lot about this before. Um, however, I typically for quite a while, like months, had a pretty solid uh, supplement routine where I was using a product called Organifi Gold. Um, I ran out of that particular product, so I haven't restocked it yet. Uh, so that potentially could could be somewhat affecting what my sleep quality is looking like. Um, however, I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna blame it all on that. However, it definitely was something that was a nice little nighttime a little nighttime nightcap. Um, to have, uh, and I don't, didn't typically bring that on the road with me anyway. However, now I'm just out of it. So it's just not something that I've got, um, right now. So just all that to say one, um, the habit of sleep is definitely something that I've got some, some opportunity, uh, to work on. And then the second piece, uh, the second habit was getting in steps. So I did take a look back before hitting record here, take a look back just to see what, what steps were looking like. So for the month of August, I averaged about 10,000 steps, just a hair over that. For the month of September, I was sitting at about 12.6. So big uptick, uptick in September. And then so far in the month of August, I'm sitting about 10.3. Now the accuracy on that, um, we'll, we'll give it, let's, let's say about a 70% accuracy for the month of 
October because I mentioned this also on one of the um, the lifting, running, living episodes with um, myself and Kelly. Um, I my Garmin. I had a Garmin Instinct at the time. That's the wearable that I use, and it bit the dust. And I decided to not replace it for a handful of days. So I wasn't really tracking my steps during that particular time frame. Um, and now I've since replaced it and I actually decided to just go with another instinct. It's what I know. It's what I'm comfortable with. The battery life is ridiculously good. Uh, and they've actually done some updates or they may have updated the connect app previously. And I just didn't do the updates, but now, uh, there's an option where even for the battery life, excuse me, instead of it showing you how many hours you have left, you can have it show you how many days. So even right now, I just happened to charge it this morning. Uh, while I was sitting at my desk, I let it charge for like 15 minutes. And right now it shows that I've got 23 days of battery life left. And that's no joke. Like I can legit go at least two weeks many times without even having to think of putting my Garmin on the charger. So unsolicited shout out for Garmin. So uh, steps, I feel pretty good about where those are. And um, I do plan on being much more intentional about getting some consistent walks in. Uh, That's a nice little challenge that I I will like to add as I am closing out like the last, again, assuming that it's going to be about four more weeks here, close out this last portion of this fat loss phase. I like to add a little bit of a challenge without making it something super crazy, like adding a whole bunch of stuff that's going to be unsustainable. So the challenge I'm going to add for myself is going for an outside walk um, every day. So I do plan on doing that. So I think that that step count will probably get more back to that range of around twelve to 13,000 where it was in September, most likely kind of closing things out. So overall, um, fat loss going pretty well so far, feeling pretty good about where things are at. Again, especially just based on uh, how I, for the most part, have been executing. And um, yeah, just really looking forward to getting things like done and wrapped up. Uh, right near, let's see, four weeks would be getting closer to Thanksgiving, actually. So that's kind of unintentional. I'm not specifically trying to wrap it up before Thanksgiving. However, uh, that'll be nice just to have that have that challenge wrapped up and then uh, really start to bring calories back up just a bit as I am going to be implementing a bit more of a performance focus in at least one to two of my training sessions. That's still kind of TBD. So I'll be talking about that, I'm sure, at some point. So that's uh, that's uh, Friday for topic number one, just a little bit of a fat loss update. All right. So uh, Friday for topic number two is something that's been really front of mind for me you know, just for, let's say a couple of different reasons, it might turn out to be more than a couple. And it's, um, it's this topic of of a phrase, it's what's called pink washing. So if you're not familiar with the term pink washing, uh, number one, you're not alone, because I, I can honestly say that I didn't 100% understand what the term meant when it was being used. And why this is coming coming across my radar maybe more than normal, because a lot of different things kind of come across my radar or go into my newsfeed or kind of come my way. Um, why this is really front of mind for me right now is one, that the month of October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. 
And then two, uh, I have a, a really cl- close friend, someone I consider to be a close friend, someone that I care about quite a bit, um, who has had a, a really um, a really meaningful impact on my life. And hopefully they're aware of that. They may be listening to this. Uh, I think I've let them know um, how meaningful their impact has been. Someone who has um, who's been battling breast cancer. And uh, in in a post that this person made, they referenced some of the challenges with pink washing and uh, just really shared their perspective on some of the challenges with uh, breast cancer awareness campaigns and things like that, and really helped to open my eyes to kind of my ignorance. And I mean, and I truly mean ignorance, like not not being aware, not being informed, like not not ignorant. Um, in the context where it's used is just being like kind of a jerk about something or just choosing to, you know, go the opposite direction of what you know is the right thing to, to do. Like truly just not be, being unaware of um, how big of an issue this was. And if there's somebody out there who's kind of like, dude, how could you not have understood like how bad of an issue this was as far as pinkwashing or how big of a, a scam some of these organizations are? I'm I'm a human all right, so I will I will readily admit that there are quite a few things that even though I may be able to make it sound like I know what I'm talking about unintentionally, I probably don't. And one of my favorite things to do is tell somebody, I don't know, or to say, can you help me understand? Like, welcome to the podcast. Can you help me understand a little bit more because I'm just fairly uninformed or I haven't heard that perspective before. So anyway, to get back to this, just in trying to look up a little bit of information, this term pinkwashing was coined, uh, from what I could tell, was coined by a group called the Breast, called Breast Cancer Action, and it was in 2002. And what it specifically talks about is where uh, companies, typically companies that sell products, uh, I think in some of the news articles that I read, like Bank of America was called out for this. And this was some years ago, Bank of America was called out. And then I think specifically it may have been like Estee Lauder was the particular organization brought up in this particular story. Um, So what it is, is where companies, organizations will sell particular products, get you to sign up for particular things. Like Bank of America was doing some sort of a campaign. I'm going to totally massacre like how this actually went, but it'll be there's sprinkles of truth in what I'm about to say. Uh, they were basically doing some sort of a thing with like every time that you maybe used a Bank of America debit card or opened a bank account, they would donate a certain percent to breast cancer research or whatever the case may be. Um, in the case of Estee Lauder, theirs was more, the controversy there was more directly linked to the term pinkwashing, which at its foundation, from what I understand, and I'm willing to be wrong here, the term is linked to companies that promote campaigns, um, the pink ribbons, they use the breast cancer symbol, all this stuff. So they do all of these campaigns and sell products to, from what they say, raise money for breast cancer research. However, they still sell products that utilize carcinogens, which are chemicals that are known to contribute to cancer. So it's like, hey, we are a beauty products company and we are you know, going to have a campaign where we're going to have pink boxes. And for every purchase that you make of our particular product in the month of October, uh, a certain percentage is donated to Breast Cancer Research Foundation or, you know, whoever, I don't, 
don't want to name companies that I don't really understand the history of, but I think you kind of get the gist. The company will say, hey, we're doing this in order to benefit these organizations. And then they'll actually put out products that are detrimental to the population that they say that they're trying to help. So that that's something that I guess my purpose for maybe sharing for, not maybe, my purpose for sharing that is to hopefully bring some additional awareness. Um, and I even hesitated at first to even talk about it because I don't want to discourage people from actually donating to the cause because it is a cause that personally I believe in. And I will tell you like my connection to it personally is from friends and family members who have been and continue to be affected by this terrible disease. Um, so I'm certainly not sharing this to try to um, warn you not to donate to particular organizations. What I'm going to say is my humble suggestion here is try to do your research. So in looking at, so for myself and looking at, okay, what can I do to still try and support this particular cause? It's one, uh, for people that I know personally that are directly affected, if there's something that I potentially can do in any way, shape, or form, then I will try to do that um, as long as it's something that I have the ability to do. And it's not about one particular month either. It's about just being able to possibly contribute to um, whatever may be helpful to that individual at any point throughout the year. Another thing that I would suggest doing is more likely than not, you have an organization, um, you have a facility, you have some sort of a, um, a nonprofit organization, like you have some sort of community organization where you're located or at least adjacent to where you're located. Maybe if you live out in the middle of nowhere, like there's got to be something in the closest town where there are uh, patients who go there for care, um, different things like that take the time to contact that particular organization and see if they have a way that you can help. Uh, so here in, um, in our area, we have like the Illinois Cancer Center, or I believe it might be called Illinois Cancer Care. Like there are definitely different places. Take five minutes to do some research to see how you can contact one of your local organizations to help them. So I'll, I'll close this particular one out just, just again um, by reminding you that yes, it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And also there are organizations that are out there that unfortunately just don't kind of seem to be on the up and up here. And if you've heard the term pinkwashing, what that, from what I understand, what that directly refers to is saying that you're raising money for something in particular. However, then um, putting out products that potentially still could be harming the population that you're saying you're trying to support. So that's a piece of it. And then there's, you know, you can really go down the rabbit hole here with, you can find particular organizations that say that they are trying to benefit uh, cancer survivors or people going through active treatment. And then it turns out that they're donating, th that what you donate about three cents on the dollar may actually go to the direct people that you're trying to help and the rest of it is going to either compensation or expenses um, like uh, what what's one of them that I read like uh, fundraising expenses and then it turned out that they were spending it on like cruises and gym memberships and just different things like that so again my purpose there is not to say that you should not donate to organizations at all it's just 
take a couple of minutes. And if it's something that you care about, take a couple of minutes to do a bit of research to feel, make sure that you at least to the best of your ability, feel good about where your money is going and that it's going to be utilized in a way that you can co-sign. Okay. And then uh, let's see here. So moving to uh, what I'll say is topic number three. We're starting to get into the the range of things where I was like, man, I did not plan this out. And also, uh, no excuses. We're just going to press record and let it roll. So um, another thing that's definitely been front of mind for me right now has been uh, what is happening in Israel, Palestine, and Gaza. And I want to give give a shout out, and I'll, I will put a link to this episode in the show notes. Um, I'm assuming that if you listen to this podcast with any sort of regularity, you've probably heard me reference uh, a podcast called This is Joy and Claire with my friends, Joy and Claire. And they put out a really good episode this past week. All their episodes are good. Um, however, they put out a, a good episode this past week where they made reference to what I'm going to phrase, so I don't know that they phrased it this way, but I'm going to phrase it as kind of that internal dialogue that um, folks who have any sort of a platform will have when there are events that are happening in the world. And it's kind of this internal struggle, this dialogue that you're having in your head with like, well, I want to say something, but I don't really know if I should say something. And I just don't know enough to speak about this in a way that's not going to piss like half of the people off. And then do I have a right to speak about this and, and all of that stuff? And for for myself, it was just very relatable, not only uh, because I happen to have a platform, it's just uh, although um, I could not be any more different than like lead a different life than Joy and Claire lead, I can definitely relate to just how they have approached that particular dialogue or that particular internal struggle. So I'm going to point you to that particular episode to listen to that. It's basically, I think the first, um, like the first quarter of the episode, they're talking about it. And I'm going to share with you very, very briefly here that um, I was one of those people who felt compelled to to just say something. And so I, I had posted something on my Instagram story. Um, I believe it was at some point last week where I said something, I can only remember exactly what it was, but I just said, and I said something to the effect of, you know, I'm admittedly not very informed on the history of the region. All I know is that there's people that I respect, people that I care about, and people that I have concern for who are being impacted in a negative way. And I just want those people to know um, that I'm I'm sending all of the supportive vibes their way, praying for them. And then if there's something that I could potentially do, um, at this particular time, then to reach out and let me know. And where that was coming was from a place of exactly what I said. People that I know, people that I respect, people that I care about are being impacted in some way, shape, or form, whether they're physically located in that particular region, whether they have friends and family that are located in that particular region, whether they have um, never been to that particular region, but because of their ethnicity, they um, are connected to what's happening in that particular region. Uh, I wanted to, I, not only have I reached out to those individuals, I also just wanted to, I don't know, I, that's what I wanted to use my platform for. And I think something that can be really tough is you're never going to be right 100% of the time and likely you're never going to be wrong 100% of the time either. It's just this thought of like, well, I have this platform and what am I using my platform for? And I, 
I'm hard pressed to think that there really was any person that was out there who was like, man, I wonder what JK is going to say about this. And also it's just something that I wanted to speak up about. So, um, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, not a hundred percent sure exactly, you know, what, what I'm trying to accomplish with this particular segment or this particular section. Uh, I just wanted to, again, put, uh, put just some, some verbiage behind just that thought of you get to decide what you do or don't want to use your platform for. And, uh, this one was particularly, is particularly uncomfortable for me. Like this particular subject is particularly uncomfortable for me because I'm admittedly very uninformed on the history of the region. And, um, I do thank uh, a couple of folks who reached out and sent me some, some things I could kind of listen to and consume, um, in my own way, in my own time frame, to become a bit more informed, just so yeah, just so I could be a bit more informed and understand a bit more from a perspective standpoint. So for those of you who did that, thank you. I'm not requesting that anybody send me a whole bunch of other stuff, uh, but if I do have anybody who's listening who did that, I just wanted to say thank you and just a reminder to everybody that you're under no obligation that you have to publicize your point of view. You don't have to give you know your your opinion on what happened. However, if you do decide that you want to, then okay. And you also just take responsibility for that. Um, it just, to close out this particular one, it just reminds me of back when um, different companies were sending out these emails for their response to what was going on with COVID. And I remember, I remember vividly getting this email and it was like Skechers response to COVID-19. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm so glad that I now understand what Skechers is going to do because of COVID. So that is, uh, yeah, that's just something that I wanted to quickly talk about. And then uh, as far as the last piece here, actually for, for topic number four, I'm going to briefly talk about, um, give a little bit more context or kind of riff on a comment that was left on a post that I made on Instagram. So if you're not following me on Instagram, by, by the way, the link will be in the show notes. My um, handle is Coach JK McLeod, so you can follow me there. I post a lot of random things, mostly fitness, some some random thoughts, some gym thoughts, and stuff like that. Um, however, uh, a recent post that I made was called What's the Point? And it's something where uh, I basically said, hey, sometimes your best isn't going to be good enough. The reality is that regardless of how hard you work, how much you sacrifice, different things like that, the outcome isn't yours to guarantee. So why even try doing it? And then I just referenced, I'm not going to read the whole post, but I just referenced like, a lot of times there can be something specific that you want and you put your heart into it. You put all of your energy to it. You do everything that you're quote unquote supposed to do and you still don't get that particular thing. You're still not picked for that particular prize or that team or you don't get first place. And so you may have this internal dialogue. I've certainly been there and sometimes revisit there. You may have that dialogue of like, well, what's the point of me doing this? And so what I wanted to express is like the point is because the more and more that you can buy into the beauty of the process of going through those particular behaviors, then typically, regardless of reaching the goal or not, and I'm not somebody who's all about like, you know, just aim high. And then whenever you finish in the middle, that's good enough. And not about that. Like if you identified a target, you either hit the target or you didn't. And also, I think that what we do well to to really buy into and commit to is that there's an understanding that along the way of working towards a particular target, you can actually learn 
a lot. You can develop a lot. You can grow a lot. You can develop so many different useful skills. You learn a lot about yourself. You understand more than you would had you maybe even than had you hit the particular target. So you figure out how to how to build resiliency. You figure out how to push through failure, different things like that. So um, what I wanted to briefly just talk about is a friend of mine left a, a comment and she said, I'll be honest, I struggle with this. Not as much as I used to, but I do still, but maybe the awareness is the quote unquote reward right now. I'll get back on that horse. And I thought that was such a great comment for her, um, excuse me, for her to leave because I think she brings up such a good point and my perspective on kind of what she was talking about is that sometimes we, I, I think that we will work towards something and, and I've gone through this. Um, I work with clients who go through this still regularly. We work to get to a certain point where we're no longer doing a particular behavior that we know was not serving us well. So um, an example that I'll give is a recent conversation that I had with someone who had a history of trying to do like the quick fix diet and the super intense workout, like hand in hand, like basically like the perfect storm of disaster. Like I'm going to eat as little as possible or, you know, take like a buttload of fat burning pills and all this other stuff. And I'm also going to cardio my face off. Um, I'm going to do like high intensity workouts and try to burn 800 calories in every single workout, all this stuff, and then would end up crashing and burning, like literally crashing and burning physically and mentally be um, just not in great shape. And she's worked really, really, really hard over the past year or so to get to a point where she's lifting heavy, eating enough to fuel her, her body, um, hitting particular benchmarks and goals from a performance um, standpoint and improving her health and um, improving relationships and showing up for herself, like all these great things, right? And we had this conversation where she was saying, you know, um, I, I'm, I'm going to be totally upfront with you, JK. I was on this particular trip and those old thoughts started creeping in again. Like maybe, you know, this progress isn't moving as fast as I want it to, or, you know, I feel like I've kind of slipped up. So maybe I should go back and do this particular diet, or maybe we need to ramp up and do something totally different for our workouts. And maybe I should start, you know, doing high intensity cardio 45 days a week and things like that. And what she shared with me is that she had those thoughts and then she reminded herself like, hey, remember when you did that last time, how that felt? Remember how that affected your relationships? Remember like how miserable you were? You don't want to go back to that. And then she stayed the course. She continued to do what she what she was currently doing, um, refocused, reengaged, not got back on track, just refocused and reengaged her rhythm and carried on. And she was all good. But during our conversation, one of the things that she was identifying was like, man, I just, it sucks. Like, I, I, I think I, I feel like I failed because I still have those feelings. I still have those thoughts. And what I, what I want to end this podcast with is my point of view is that when you have those thoughts, that's not a failure. Like thinking, being tempted to do the quick fix diet, being tempted to just go balls to the wall with a bunch of high intensity cardio because you're going to try and burn 800 to 1,000 calories every single day. Having those thoughts, in my opinion, is not the failure. 
The failure is if you don't stop, take a moment, pause, think through like the feelings that you're having, and then decide, okay, I, I get where I'm coming from here. I get that I'm having these thoughts. However, what's the best next step for me to take? And you remind yourself, just like she did, and when I did that, I felt awful. I was lashing out at other people around me. I was miserable. I didn't have energy. I didn't want to hang out with my kids, all these different things. So in my mind, that's actually progress because the previous version of this person would have had those thoughts, would have had those feelings, and then started the spiral and acted on those. However, what she did this time is she had those thoughts, she had those feelings, she inserted the pause, she thought to herself, that's definitely not worth it. It wasn't worth it. I've been there, done that, bought the t-shirt, returned it, and bought it back again, and then returned it again. And there's no going back to that, and then carried on. So I, I guess that's just what I want to say is just because you're having particular like temptations or thoughts of things that you used to do before doesn't mean that you've failed you now are in a place where you've developed a system, you've developed a strategy, you've developed a different string of behaviors to where you have flipped your mindset. Like you have retrained yourself to no longer give into what those particular things were. So in the end, that's not a fail because you've had, like feelings aren't failure. They're, they're there to potentially challenge you. You didn't act on it. You moved forward to the next thing. And to me, that's a win. That's progress. And that's where the difference is really made because it's easy to just be like, well, since I had those feelings, I might as well go give in to them and I might as well go, just go do the thing and cut the calories down it to a thousand calories just for a week to get back on track. Like that's how the spiral starts. So, all right. I think I've, I've hit uh, the max for what I'm, what I'm able to, um, even basically logically talk about today. So I just wanted to drop that last one on you that just kind of came off the dome. So if you've stuck around this far, man, I really appreciate you. Thank you again for tuning into another episode of the Help Me Understand podcast. If you can do me one favor, I would sincerely appreciate it. If you take a moment, hop on to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and a review. Even if it's just a couple words like, great podcast. I was going to say something that was more than two words. So a couple words like great podcast, anything like that. If you truly feel like it's great, if you feel like it's, as the kids say, mid, then, you know, you don't have to tell me that. That's fine. Uh, however, uh, if you do feel like this is something that someone could benefit from, that is the best way that you can help the podcast grow because we certainly don't charge to listen or anything like that. I have no sponsors. So the best thing you can do to help me out if you feel like any of the content that I put out there is somewhat helpful is to share it and then recommend it to another person. So with that, thanks again for tuning in. I sincerely appreciate it. Take care and I'll talk to you next time.